0: Hello, everyone. This is Coach Aaron Saft with the MR Running Pains podcast. So as the title of this podcast denotes, we're going to be talking about the long run today. Um, In my last episode, I had mentioned that I was hoping to be talking about SCAR again today, my adventure run across the Smokies on the Appalachian Trail. But uh, unfortunately, my family and I came down with some kind of cold. Thankfully, it wasn't COVID, um, but uh, <laughs> the sickness, uh, you know, I knew it would have been a really miserable and tough experience uh, with this uh, this cold. So, um, I apologies, I'm still a bit nasally, you can probably hear it in my voice, um, but scar, once again, unfortunately, did not happen for two weekends in a row, which was um, frustrating, <laughs> but again, the right choice, because I knew I probably would have gotten sicker had I tried to, uh, to complete scar, uh, given <laughs> how I was feeling. Um, so, uh, instead I'm going to be talking about the long run. Um, you know, I, 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 I coach, you know, a number of athletes now, um, as coaching is my full-time job. And, um, the long run is always one of those things that, um, you know, it's a, a huge topic of conversation, for my athletes and I and, and weekly mileage. And that's probably a whole nother episode, um, weekly mileage and, uh, or time on feet as I like to do. And we're going to discuss that as well. Distance versus time on feet. Um, so, um, we're going to talk about the long run instead and just kind of get down to the nitty gritty, um, give you some of, uh, some ideas and perspectives of, of, uh, long runs and how they should be tackled and, um, you know how to implement them correctly into your program, because I think a lot of times we we do too much um, or too fast, and so we 're going to talk about those topics as well. so um, let me first go back a little bit and and just give maybe some of the new listeners a little bit of background about um, where i 'm coming from so um, i 've been coaching for um, uh, over twenty years now. I started back in uh, in around two thousand uh, coaching, uh, some adults as well as, uh, mostly, you know, high school athletes. Um, but, uh, quickly progressed to more coaching adults, um, you know, on and off for that, you know, that time period, I, you know, I coached folks and, um, you know, maybe I guess probably 2018, I started picking up, you know, kind of on the side, you know, a lot more clients. Um, and, uh, once COVID hit, and um, I relinquished my running store to my business partner, um, I decided to to go full time into coaching. And you know, during COVID, I really took it upon myself to kind of sharpen my coaching skills and learn more about coaching, and start um, taking some courses, getting some certifications, um, getting a little bit more background on the physiology of running, um, and so you know, in, in, since 2020, um, I've picked up a number of certifications. I won't bore you with all those, but, (laughs) um, needless to say, I've learned a lot and I continue to learn a lot. It's not that it stopped there. I've continued my certifications. Um, I've picked up two this year. I'm working on a third just this year alone. Um, and we're pretty early into the year. (laughs) So, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's an ever expanding knowledge base, and I continue to read, I continue to listen to podcasts of other coaches to, to gain insights and ideas and, and hear what's out there and new levels or new uh, methodologies of coaching. But, you know, um, when it comes down to it, a lot of, uh, a lot of our training, um, you know, we, we focus around our long run, right? That's like our biggest thing of the week because it's the most time. And so it's, it's definitely, it's very important, you know, for, for most events, I will say, um, most events being, you know, um, the, uh, you know, even the half marathon, but the marathon and up, you know, if you're an ultra runner, the the long run is probably the most important thing you can do. (coughs) Excuse me. So, um, when I think about the long run, I like to think about the long run in time, uh, not distance, now, in um, the marathon, distance may be a little bit more important. You may want to have um, you know, everything in, in miles. I understand that. But when we get to ultra, um, you know, going out and running, and it depends on where you live, right? Because me living here in Western North Carolina in the mountains, uh, me running, uh, let's even say we'll go for like a 20-mile run versus somebody in Florida is going for a 20 mile run, even if they're on the trails, granted, it may be a little slower because of the surface. I'm going to have, uh, you know, um, if we were the same ability, I'm going to have a slightly slower run because of the, the train here, you know, the up and down. So, um, my 20 miler is potentially going to take me quite a bit longer than the person in Florida. Now the body understands that that duration of time, is, uh, is significantly different. It's not the miles, it's the time on the feet. And that's why I like to go by time on feet because the body understands time on your feet. That's, you know, it doesn't understand miles. It doesn't understand kilometers. Okay. It's going to understand, um, how much time you've covered. So that's why I do my long runs in time based because a lot of times I, you know, I'll get this number in my head, you know, in college, it was always how many miles we did. And, you know, I, I got that stuck in my head for so long that, you know, when I started mountain running, I was just out there for way too long, you know, on my feet for way too long. And I've noticed as I've, you know, I've gotten older, I'll turn, I'll turn 45 this year. I just don't recover like I used to. So I can't go out there and spend all those hours on my feet. And I've also slowed down obviously. So it takes me even longer to cover the same distance, um, in the mountains. So. You know, I I like to prescribe, um, time-based, uh, long runs to my athletes. So it's, it's a different way of thinking. It takes a little while to get used to, especially for those people that are, you know, just really obsessed with their numbers. You know, I have a number of athletes that are just obsessed with, I'm only getting in this many miles. Well, you know, it's really, what's the time volume. Okay. How much time are you spending on your feet? Um, I think Strava can, you know, really um, depreciate uh, our value in, in time, it makes us really focus on mileage, you know, we've, we've got this constant number, and we're, we're constantly trying to put it out there. Um, So I I think Strava can be a distractor. Um, you know, it's, it's, I was listening to a, a podcast recently and they were saying how they were basically shutting off Strava, which I thought about too. Um, I mean, I like people to be able to see some of the routes that I do to give them ideas for things that they can do. But, um, you know, I've, I've really, I, I use training peaks for me and my athletes. So I really don't put much time into Strava anymore. I don't scroll through it. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really watching my athletes on training peaks, uh, which is, you know, an individualized platform nobody else can see it, but the coach and the athlete. So, um, you know, my, my data goes into training peaks as well. So I'm almost finding Strava to be a little bit frivolous for me. Um, I, I may shut mine down. Um, and you know, it was a distractor for years. Uh, people are going to see like, you know, how far I ran or how slow I ran, uh, you know, anymore. I just, I go off for a run and just enjoy my run. Um, so don't let Strava be a distractor in that regard as well. So, um, yeah. And, you know, um, when we talk about time versus distance, uh, you have to start with where you're at. Um, we have this common misperception that I was at this level of fitness and this is what I was doing. So that's where I need to be. If your body's not trained to be at that point, you need to regress, you need to go back and and start where it is. If that's 30 minutes, that's fine. You know, that's where you build from. All right. So basically, when you're starting from zero, you want to kind of rebuild gradually. Okay, if, if you've been doing it for a number of years, obviously, you can start a little bit, you know, further along, maybe an hour, hour 20, whatever it is. Okay. Um, but understand, you know, if, if you go out for a run, and you're Your designated time is an hour 20 and you are like you're done at an hour hike it in (laughs) you know walk it in like don't push yourself through to that fatigue level because that's just going to take longer to recover from and you're going to hear that theme throughout this podcast is you know we don't want to push yourself into something that's going to take us so much longer to recover from there are certain times where that's okay i'm not going to say that that's never a piece of training but you know, we're just starting out from where in the aerobic base, especially, we really don't want that fatigue. We really don't want to have to be recovering for for much time from a long run. Okay. Um, and we're going to talk about, you know, how much time that should take, et cetera. But, um, you know, again, you know, start with where you're at, start with the duration that your body can handle. Okay. And then gradually build from there. Um, you know, again, we'll put in this piece right here the 10% rule. I, I don't abide by the 10% rule. I think it's a, you know, it's an easy rule of thumb for folks to follow and not get injured. So if you have the propensity to get injured often, then yes, you know, you can certainly use that as a a rule of thumb, but you know, a lot of times, especially with folks that are doing, um, ultra marathons, it's really difficult to only build 10% and really get gains in your, your duration of your long run. So in that regard, you know, build based on how your body is feeling. You know, if, if you're up to, let's say you're up to a two hour run, okay? You go out for a two hour run, but it still feels difficult at the end. You shouldn't grow from there. Do another two hour run and see if you feel more comfortable. If you start feeling more comfortable on the second week, then you can grow again. Move it up to 220 or 230, okay? So two hours, 20 minutes or two hours and 30 minutes. And then, you know, build there. Okay, continue that growth. Uh, I mean, you don't want to make huge bounds. You don't want to go from doing like two hours to three hours all of a sudden. Uh, You know, kind of grow organically. Grow based on how you feel. You got to listen to your body. And this is kind of where a coach comes in because this is the conversation that I have with my athletes. Did that feel okay? You know, was it too hard? Should we do that again next weekend? Um, You know, so the communication there is vital. And if you don't have a coach, you need to be honest with yourself. Right, because again, if you start doing too much, you'll start creating too much fatigue. Again, here's that point: we don't want you to be overtired. What does overtired do? What does fatigue do? Why am I so you know adamant against creating this fatigue? Fatigue starts breaking you down. All right, so you start uh, declining in your training. Right. You're not going to get the gains that you want the gains in fitness because you're fit. You're actually going to start declining because of the fatigue. And then your form starts breaking down because you're tired. So you start doing these little idiosyncrasies that you may not even, you know, perceptually notice, but those little, little tweaks here and there, those little breakdowns, those over the course of time could create an injury. Okay. So not only are you not making gains in your training, you're also leading to the potential for injury. So that's why we don't want to create too much fatigue. So that's why you have to be real with yourself. How did that feel? Am I okay to increase my, uh, my duration? Okay. So be real cognizant of that and real honest with yourself. And this is where, you know, um, having that log can really help. Now, if you use Strava, I'm not saying that Strava is not valuable and does not have worth. It certainly does. You can use it as your running log, but you should take notes to yourself, right? You have a, a section in there that allows you to write a private note, right? A note that no one else will see. It will not be published. So you can write a note in there to yourself how that went, right? And I always like to say to my my runners, You should include how much uh, caloric intake, carbohydrate intake, and fluid intake you had on there. You know, write notes about how things went. How did that make you feel when you took down uh, whatever a gel? You know, did that go down okay? Did it settle well? Did you feel like it sustained your energy, or did you feel a spike, or did you, you know, not have an interval, you know, an energy intake interval that worked for you? These are all notes that you should include on your long run because these are vital. For your goal race, knowing what, you know, as the end result, you want to make sure that you do everything in training that's going to get you to that that end goal. And if you can get to that end goal by practicing everything in your long run and having everything ready for race day by just really being prepared for your long runs and executing in your long runs, your goal is going to go so much smoother, your goal race or your goal event, whatever it may be will be so much better because you've practiced in your long run. So take those notes, make note, you know, and, and revisit them, go back, you know, how did this go? What, you know, uh, what worked, what didn't work? Oh, I think I tried this. Let me go back. Oh yeah, that didn't work. So, you know, you have those notes and like I said, whether it be Strava or whatever you use, please, you know, journal it, record it, make a, you know, uh, running journal, uh, or, you know, like I said, put it in Strava. That's fine. OK, um, so um, the 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 long run itself, as you're as you're growing here, especially you know as you, you're starting up with your long run, a lot of times we go too fast. OK, um, that's you know, there's two things that I have to do with my athletes. I have to knock their <laughs> their duration down a bit because they're just doing too much volume. You know that we we kind of see what's out there and we're like, oh, they're doing this you know, that's probably what I should be doing. Not necessarily. Again, it's individualistic. And that's where again, a coach can be really helpful. And and that's exactly what I do is I I bring the athletes back down to a level that's sustainable, and hopefully best for them. And that's where they see their growth. Because if you again, you're doing too much, you're not going to get the results you're looking for, because your body can't recover, it can't make the adaptations because it's just being forced into too much activity. So, um, And, uh, the other thing, um, aside from doing too much volume is doing too too fast, doing your paces too fast. Um, you know, I, I like to prescribe in rating of perceived exertion, and I have a number of athletes, we call that RPE, um, that, you know, at first they, they, they have a really hard time with it, you know, and I, like I tell them you got to slow down and they're like, well, that felt easy. And then, so you know, sometimes what we do is we just put on a a chest strap heart rate monitor. Okay. The, the wrist heart rate monitor, it's the optical technology. It's just not consistent and consistently accurate. So I don't, you know, prescribe or really base training off of wrist heart rate. I don't trust it. So I like to use the chest strap heart rate for those that really can't dial in their efforts. Because then they understand, okay, this is what Coach Saf's looking for, all right? Uh, now, a long run should be somewhere in most likely, you know, somewhere between zone two and zone three, okay? Um, yeah, if, we're, if we're looking at um, what percentage, that would be up to, we, we call it the ventilatory threshold if you've read 80-20, um, that it 's seventy eight percent of your maximum heart rate that 's kind of the upper limit of how hard we want these long runs long excuse me long runs to be because that keeps us in the aerobic zone that 's going to give us the most benefit for um, making the gains during this uh, this long run, which you know when we talk about aerobic gains we 're talking about the cardiovascular system there's so many benefits and you know that that happen at these paces. But if we go too hard, we're not making those, uh, those adaptations. We're not getting that benefit. We're not growing the cardiovascular system in the way that we hope to. And that's why this pace is so important. We're, we're not going to gain what we're trying to if we're going too hard. So if you don't know, and you're, you think you're okay, but want to make sure, the heart rate monitor can be, uh, you know, uh, again, the chest heart rate monitor can be a good way to, to find out, are you staying within the correct zone for your long runs? Now, it's not to say that all long runs need to be done at 78% of your maximum heart rate or less. We'll get into, you know, how how you can do workouts with your long runs later on, but, um, know that that will be a good measure. Now, is it to say that, you know, if you're doing a climb, you know, and, and the heart rate spikes up above 78%, you know, is that necessarily detrimental? No, but you don't want to spend a lot of time there. It may be that you just need to walk a little bit more at first, you know, uh, you have to walk on the uphill a little bit more to kind of stay in the right zone, especially if it's a long climb, because we don't want, again, we don't want that long sustained heart rate in, you know, any higher, uh, getting into like zone four, if you will. Um, but over time, your body's going to make those adaptations. It's going to get faster. You're going to see faster paces at the same heart rate going up an incline, the same incline. So it just takes time and adaptation. Where sometimes we're just not patient enough, but it, it does happen. It just takes time. So um, keeping an eye on that, you know, that's that's sh- super important and making sure that these efforts, these long runs are in the correct heart rate, Okay. So, um, and that will also, that said, that will also allow us to recover quicker. So we don't want to have more than a day recovery from a long run, unless we've done something very long, you know, uh, a marathon or over, you know, where we need a few more days to recover from. If it's your typical, your average long run, you know, we don't want to have to recover more than a day. OK, it shouldn't take more than a day to recover, whether that recovery day looks like, um, you know, a day off, whether it be cross training, going out for a walk or just like a super easy jog. And we can talk about that, you know, a little bit later. Um, but we just want one day and then, you know, day two after the long run, you should be able to get back to, to normal training. Um, so we'll talk about recovery from the long run um, either later on or in another episode. Um, the other piece of this, too, and something that I like to include, uh, and I have since college, and I heard this, um, uh, Chris McLung on the, um, Running Rogue podcast did a whole episode on the medium long run. Um, so, um, the medium long run is another day in which you don't quite do the duration of your long run, but you, you do, um, you know, more than your average run. That may be like, you know, let's just say for all intents and purposes, that your average run is an hour, your medium long run might be an hour and a half, whereas your long run might be two hours. So, you know, we're, we've got this kind of in between between your average and your long run, we've got this kind of time, you know, that it's, it's doing Um, some similar benefits of what you're getting out of the long run. You're getting some some more adaptations by adding this volume. Um, We're increasing your your volume. So if you're looking for an easy way to not only increase volume, but increase your endurance and aerobic capacity, the medium long run is a great option. And I will try to add, um, let me make a note here um, about the medium long run. I will try to put that uh, podcast in the show notes. That way you guys can take a listen because Chris does a great job of describing it and describing its benefit. So, uh, but the medium long run is also a great way to uh, enhance your training. So um, now the long run, as I kind of talked about earlier, the long run is focused on your goal, right? So you're building to uh, a certain distance, whatever that distance may be. So that we're Our goal for that long run is just to increase the volume to where we get comfortable with doing, you know, X amount of time. Now for somebody that's doing their first, you know, 50 K or 50 miler, you know, it may be just growing the, the, the long run to where you're doing three to four hours consistently where you feel like, okay, I'm comfortable with this. Now, if you're doing a hundred miler, it may be a little bit longer than that, but not, as often. Okay. The key is again, you have to be able to recover from those. So if you do a three hour run and you're totally wasted for, you know, let's say two or three days, again, that's too much. Okay. We have to get to where we can do that run, that three hour run. And it only takes, as I mentioned, like a day to recover from it. Okay. So, uh, if, if you do that three hour run and you're wasted, you need to back off the long run. All right. And this is kind of where, again, a coach comes in handy. You can say, all right, coach, you know, like that really wasted me. And it may be another factor. I'm not saying that there are other, aren't other factors that can contribute to how that long run went. But if you're really having a problem with the higher duration back off a little bit, if, if two and a half was still comfortable, do two and a half until you could try again for three. And if three feels good, then you proceed. Okay. This goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, but you know it doesn 't need to be you know six hours every weekend uh, that's that 's kind of where I need to pull my athletes back and say listen we we have some other things that you know we can do i mean if if you're <laughs> If you want to do six hour long runs every weekend, we just don 't do much else <laughs> there you know because there's other workouts that can be done that we 're going to gain more fitness from uh, you know having that volume is tremendous. Having um, you know the the aerobic capacity to run six hours every weekend that 's tremendous. And there are folks that can do it that 's for sure, uh, but there are easier ways to train in which we can throw in some other workouts that perhaps will give us um, more benefit to your uh, aerobic and cardiovascular systems so <clears throat> um, you know I like to interject those long runs every now and again. And you know it may be that we need a little bit more recovery from them, but here's where I want to talk about the um, the down weeks, right? The recovery weeks. Some folks don't have recovery weeks, uh, and some folks abide by the three up, one down which I was just listening to uh, the Coopcast, and interesting and interestingly enough, they were talking about the three up one down and, and coop calls that a lazy way of, of coaching. And he admits that he does it as well, uh, you know, in some regard or another. <clears throat> and and usually what it is, is you build for three weeks, right? So your volume is increasing over three weeks and then you take uh one week down where it may be, you go back to whatever week two was for that volume. And then you grow from there again. So you're now you're building up for another three weeks and then you take, um, one week down. Okay. So it's kind of a step program, but, uh, where that came from is, uh, interestingly enough, if you haven't listened to the Coopcast, it, it actually came from, um, folks that were using steroids. Uh, they, uh, they injected steroids for three weeks. And then they needed one down week so that when they reintroduced the steroid, it would have the, um, anabolic effect that they were looking for. So, um, not, <laughs> not running specific. There's no physiological benefit from building up for three weeks and taking one down week. You know, there's, there's nothing in science that states this is beneficial. And that's why I like to communicate with my athletes, you know, over time. Okay. We're, we're growing, we're growing, we're growing. And then they may say, Hey, Aaron, I just feel tired this week. That following week, we just take a recovery week. We back off, you know, we, we, we drop the, the volume. Okay. The duration of each run is dropped intensity dropped. And we just take it easy, let them recover. And then, you know, usually by the end of that week, they're like, okay, I'm feeling good again. And then we grow again. We start building back. So, um, down weeks are great you know, I call them down weeks or recovery weeks, rest weeks, you know, some athletes I'll I'll put it on their schedule. I'll just have a note that says rest week. And they're like, you know, what does that entail? And I just say, it's just a, de- a decrease in, in, you know, in our volume, in our intensity, you know, we just want you to recover. You know, you've been saying how tired you feel. Um, so we'll, we'll take a down week. So, so those are great to include awesome, you know, whenever you're feeling, especially like after like a super long run, kind of like I was talking about, like if you did, for instance, if you did a six hour run, you may feel, you may feel okay from it. That's great. That, that shows your fitness and your aerobic capacity. Um, you know, but, um, if you don't you know, take it down a down week, chill for a week and then grow back, you know? So it's, it's, you're, you're getting and giving your body the rest and recovery it needs because that's when it really does make adaptations is during your recovery. If, and again, if the body is not recovering, it's not making the adaptations, right? We've created too much fatigue. It's not going to, you know, take on the adaptations because you just keep making it more and more tired. So, um, be cognizant of that as well. Um, another thing that you can do too is monitor your long runs over time. So, um, this is where, again, your log comes in handy. Right, you're being able to to look at your long runs over time. You know, if you've run uh, a course um, that you know you do over and over again, <clears throat> you can look and and see how are you progressing. Are you making progress? Now, again, look at your notes. How did you feel that day? Right, uh, if you felt really good, uh, you know, compare it back. You know, how, how much faster were you, where, what did it look like? If you're training for something that's has a lot of climbs, what did the hills look like? Do you look faster on the hills? Um, you know, overall is how is your performance? You can kind of compare over time, you know, by, by comparing either the same course or something similar to, right. Are you covering more distance, right? You, you, you did the same loop, but you had to add on more, right? That's a great sign that you're growing in fitness. You know, your pace may be faster. Okay. Climbs may be easier. These are all great signs, you know, so take those, right? Look at those and say, Hey, look, this is positive. Like, you know, gain strength from that gain confidence from the fact that you're growing. Now, if you're not, if you're going the opposite way, obviously something's not going right in your training, right? You're not, something's not happening. So be cognizant of that side of things as well. But yeah, use your log in, in that to monitor your long runs over time. Um, Back to back long runs. Oh my goodness. Um, we probably could talk about this for a long time. Back to back long runs. Um, and there's there's multiple scenarios here. I you know I have folks that they're like, hey, like I don't have much time during the week to you know to do much volume. I can you know, but Saturday and Sunday you can you can slap it on you know. So you know, for those folks, I like to find a balance. At first, it may not be two, you know, extremely long, long runs. It may be that, you know, we do, you know, an hour and two hours, okay? Or that, you know, we we do maybe an hour and a half and three hours or something. It just depends on the person, right? The individual and what we're training for, obviously. Um, Or vice versa, three hours and one and a half, it, you know, it, it can be that way as well. Uh, that, but you know, having those two back to backs obviously is, is difficult and it's, it's hard. It's hard on the body. It takes a lot of energy. Um, so you may have to dial back the effort on one or the other, right? So, um, if I put the, the long run, the, let's just say the three hour run on Saturday, right? You, you had a really solid effort. Um, you went and had, you know, knocked it out of the park. Sunday, hour and a half on the schedule. Now, that may be just like a jog. You may be out there and there's, you know, there's still benefit from that as long as you're not too tired. I know I keep reiterating that and I just want to drive that home. If your legs are just flat out refusing to run, don't. Like that's, you know, you have to be okay with that. But, because again, if they're they're refusing, your body's telling you something. Listen to it. Don't force it. Okay. But if you're okay and you can go out and just go for a jog, great. That's awesome. Now you get the the blood flowing again, you know, and and it may be that Monday just needs to be a day off. Okay. Again, you know, um, we talk about, um, I told you earlier, we talk about recovery a little bit more and you know, that, that, um, I'm not done with back to back, but here's a good piece to kind of bring in the recovery. The day after, you know, um, you've got your back-to-back Saturday and Sunday, Monday being your recovery day, you know, that can be just a complete day off. You can just, you know, go to work, do what you got to do. Maybe you walk the dog. Maybe you just go out for a walk and just kind of get the blood flowing, you know, kind of get the legs moving. That's, it's great to kind of, uh, you know, um, get at the, the body flushed out, um, grease the gears if you want, or go for, you know, a bike ride, something non-impactful, uh, you know, that's not running where you're keeping your heart rate low. So, um, you know, and then those that want to keep volume into their, their training, you want to add something to that day for running. It should be something very light. Um, you know, like a, a super easy recovery run, 30 to 40, you know, maybe even 45 minutes. Um, depending on how much volume you want to add to the week, um, make it super light and easy. Now, what do I mean by super light and easy on an RPE scale? It would be on the very low end of it, you know, a three or a four. Um, whereas in heart rate, now we're talking about, you know, kind of low zone two. And this is where I drive my runners nuts. They're like, I can't go that slow. Yes, you can. I mean, uh, you know, I, I was talking with one of my runners yesterday and, uh, we were discussing, you know, just going for a jog. What's that look like? How does that, the Kenyans, if you watch the Kenyans, uh, I, I always talk about the, the Kenyans because they have it so dialed in. They know, we call it the Kenyan jog. They can just shuffle. And that's what it is. It's just a shuffle. You're just kind of, you know, plotting along just nice and easy. <clears throat> and and just, you know, making the heart rate nice and low. Uh, there's no effort to it. It's just kind of moving along. Uh, they they do it so you know, it just looks so effortless, so easy. And that's what you want for one of those days, you know, for your your recovery day, just a, a nice, slow, easy jog shuffle, you know, just make sure that you have a great run. Just relax. Don't worry about it. Who cares what the pace is? You know, you can, you start your watch and then hide it. Don't even worry about it. Just go for nice, whatever, 30, 40 minute job. But that's what sh- recovery should look like. Keeping that heart rate low. You know, there's no effort to the day. You're just kind of out there enjoying being outside. Um, you know, as I was saying to somebody else that, you know, a lot of times, you know, during like the taper, when my, my runs are, you know, shorter and, and slower, um, that I go out and play disc golf. Uh, you know, i like, I put myself out in the woods, um, you know, I, I'm, instead of being out running on the trails, I'm out in the woods throwing some discs. You know, it, it's a good way to, to walk around. Um, I Just, you know, anything that will take your mind um, and and let you relax because that's the point of it. It's a recovery day. You know, and again, you know, I take my dog for a walk. It's, it's just a nice, easy way to get out and recover. But back to the back-to-backs. So um, I don't like to do them every weekend. Um, you know, it's not that. Um, you can't run Saturday and Sunday that, you know, that, that's still considered, you know, uh, kind of a back to back if you will. But, um, you know, if we're talking high volume back to backs, you know, here we're talking, you know, if I did two hours on Saturday, two hours on Sunday or, or more, okay. Um, or, you know, whatever that may look like for, for everybody training for their independent event, uh, you want to make sure that, um, the, uh, um, the two distances, what, you know, whatever they may be, because you're obviously, you're trying to get high volume out of it. Um, that, you know, it's again, not too much that it's going to force you to take a few days, um, away f- and recover. Okay. So, um, you know, again, uh, I, I go back to, to Coop cause he's got some great stuff and he, he, he talked about, um, he uses kind of training weekends and and like having these high volume weekends in which they may triple, triple their weekly volume in the course of these three-day weekends, you know, these training weekends. Um, but he only does that three times a year. Now, that's not to say they don't do other back-to-backs, but if I were to say how often I want runners to do a back-to-back, I would say at most, uh, you know, every third week, uh, right? So if you're in a, a training cycle... Um, you go one, two, third week potentially back to back, then one, two, third week back to back. That's that's as most as I would do it. Um, I, I don't think it should be done, you know, more regular than that because it's again we just don't want to create that fatigue and make you tired. So sorry to keep hammering that home, but <laughs> there it is. Um, and then you know we talked about how long runs can also be used as a workout day. Uh, you may throw in your workout like, um, now, you know, this may be, okay. So, you know, Tuesday is your workout day and Tuesday, you know, your boss was just like, I need, you know, I need you to stay after and and do X, Y, and Z. And you couldn't get in your workout. Well, you may be able to just tack it into your long run, right? So, you know, you get your, um, you, you get your warm up in, uh, it may be a little bit longer because, you know, you're trying to get more, more time on feet in your long run. And then you get your workout in and then a longer cool down or, you know, adjusted so that your your warm up is the most duration of the run. It may take a little bit of, of you know, pop out of your legs to get the workout in. But um, you, know, you can always uh, find a way to include the workout if you missed it in the week uh, into the long run or uh, just make it a, a workout in and of itself. I like to throw in some some surges. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, if we're, if we're kind of talking about it is, um, uh, I learned this from an old uh, friend and coach, uh, Randy Ashley, he, he does on the nines. Uh, so, uh, every time you hit, uh, the nine on your watch, so at nine minutes, at 19 minutes, at 29 minutes, 39 minutes, etc., you throw in a one minute surge. Okay. So, uh, you know, whenever that watch hits that number one minute fast and you just turn over. And then you just go back to your normal running pace until you hit the next nine minutes uh, segment. Uh, sometimes I do on the fours and nines. So now you're running every f- uh, four, four, fourteen, twenty-four, etc. Um, or uh, on the eights, you do two minutes. You can do it, you know, any way you want. But uh, you know, you, you throw in intervals that way. Another thing that's great is actually throwing the intervals on the end. Of the long run, so let's say you've got, you know, a, a, a two-hour long run on the schedule, you can do like five by two minutes at the end. It's great. It will recruit so much more fast twitch muscles. Um, you know, this is what my college coach used to tell me all the time, and actually Ben Thomas, uh, who's out at the univers- University of Oregon, loved to do this as well. Uh, you recruit so much more fast twitch at the end of a long run. Um, by by throwing in some some intervals um and you know these should be done more at like a a 9 rpe or 90% maximum heart rate uh so uh that may just be like 5 by 2 minutes with 2 minutes recovery um you know whatever you know you want to do at the end of the long run you can tack it on there you could also just do a fartlek uh you know if you're out on a run just throw in some surges uh, randomly, it doesn't, you know, fartlek doesn't have to be anything set. You know, I, I we get into this mindset that I, I, I need to do one minute on one minute off or two minutes on two minutes off there. You know, it doesn't have to be defined interval with fartleks. That's the great thing. It could be as fast as you want for as short as you want, or, you know, uh, slower, longer, it, you know, it, it, there is no parameters. It's, it's totally free form. So, you know, allow yourself to be free. It may just be a downhill and you're like, I'm going to crush this downhill. And then there you go. You go off and just hammer down the downhill. Um, you know, I, now you don't want to do that too often, uh, <laughs> hammering a downhill. But uh, my point is, you know, anywhere on the long run, you could just throw in some surges. You're like, oh, this this hill, I'd like to try to, you know, hammer up it. There may be a segment on it, right? We talked about Strava earlier. Uh, you go after a Strava segment. it's, it's all things you can do on the long run to make them creative and, and make them pass by a little bit faster, but yeah, you can totally use your, your long run for, for a workout as well. Now, you know, again, make sure that you have ample time to recover from it. If you do a workout during it. Uh, so, you know, the next day would definitely be, you know, a really easy day. And then, uh, the second day you may just need a little bit more time to recover. So that may be like an, an easier average run, but listen to your body again, like make sure that you are recovering. Um, now, the I will say, and this is this is kind of uh, a key point here for the long run. The long run, the closer you get to the, your your event, the more specific it should be towards your event, right? So, if you are training for a a mountain long run, um, if you're training for a mountain long run, uh mountain race, excuse me, uh, then your your long runs closer to that event, you know, about nine weeks in that, that's the time frame that you want to really include your vertical gain. You want to be practicing exactly what you're going to be doing on the course, you know, replicate the course the best you can with your long run. Is it going to be, you know, single track? Is it going to be a lot of climb? Is it going to be hot? Whatever, you know, the factors are, you want to make those as similar to what you're going to race as possible. Mimic the course the best you can. Okay. Uh, that's, that's really the idea from that nine weeks in. Okay. So uh, that's your, your high volume phase, nine weeks to three weeks to the event. Okay. So, uh, you know, that six week block there, that, that is where we're really kind of ramping up the volume. You want your long runs to be long, you know, your, as long as they, you know, as, as you need them to be, and as long as you can, you know, recover from them. Um, but uh, again, do what you need to during that time to replicate the course and get you as prepared as you can to, for your race. Okay. So a lot there, there was a lot there, you know, went over a lot of different things. Um, the long run is so integral. There's so many pieces to it. Um, but the key is being you need to make sure that you do the duration at the ability that you're at and that you are able to recover from it. You feel comfortable doing it and you're able to recover easily from it. Those are the biggest things about the long run. Um, And lastly, just make sure your effort is not too hard. If it is just an average long run, make sure that you're not doing it too hard, especially too hard too often. A lot of times we press too hard in them. Now, I know, uh, you know, for training for a marathon, a lot of programs say, you know, up Sunday long run, we need to do marathon pace. Again, that should be as you get closer to the marathon. You know, you may sprinkle it in every once in a while throughout the training, um, you know, but it's really that last cycle before the marathon that you want to include some long runs with marathon pace. It's not every weekend that you need to be hammering marathon pace, right? That's, uh, it's a very specific pace with not a lot of cardiovascular adaptations to it. Uh, it's good to get comfortable at that pace. There's mental advantage to it, but you're not going to make the, the, the physical gains that we could by doing an average long run or a long run with some type of workout in it aside from marathon pace, something very specific, you know, maybe it's uh, lactate threshold you know there's there's other ways to gain adaptations from the long run rather than constantly running at marathon pace um, that's a whole nother conversation as you can see i don't want to get on my soapbox right there and, and start ranting about that so but understand that you know it's very quintessential that you focus on the intensity and the recovery okay thank you guys for for listening today um, I'm, you know again I'm I'll get the scar done eventually, I hope, <laughs> um, but it, it wasn't to be, uh, I appreciate you sitting in with me. Uh, we've got, uh, wow, we're, we're already approaching the end of March here. So, um, the, uh, April newsletter will be coming out soon. Um, uh, April 1st, and that's a, a you know, free publication. So if you'd like to subscribe, please visit my website, mrrunningpains.com. Um, Hellbender coming up quickly uh, could still use some volunteers if you are free for the weekend of May, I think it's yep 6th uh, and 7th. We could use some folks still. So please, uh, if, if you're available and can help out, it's greatly appreciated. You can go on to the ultra sign up page for the Hellbender 100. And uh, there's a volunteer link. And if you see something that you can volunteer for, we are just so grateful for that. So, Thank you guys for all of that. Um, there's also the Hellbender 100 podcast that I put out. Uh, it comes out twice a month, the first and the third weekend of every month. Uh, it's, uh, some of it's very Hellbender specific, but there's other episodes that we've done that talks about, you know, pacers or crewing. You know, so there may be something there that you can pick up and learn from. Um, and there, I mean, there was a great nutritional episode in there for those that you haven't listened to it with, uh, uh, Jake Edmiston. Uh, he's a registered dietitian. We had a great episode and he just drops a ton on there. So check out the hellbender 100 podcast. It should be on all of the, the listening platforms. Um, and I just had a note that, uh, you know, this podcast wasn't popping up on Spotify. I hope that's fixed now. Um, I, I, I apologize for those that are Spotify users. It should be up on the platform now. So once again my friends, thank you so much for your time, for you know, for listening along. Um I hope that I shared some things that'll be useful to your training. That was the point, you know, of of sharing this knowledge as is this podcast. So I hope you keep running, keep training. If you have questions, don't hesitate to reach out and until next time, keep running my friends.